Hi, and welcome back to an exciting episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. This is Chappie, and this is my co-host today, Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. All right, let's get into it. All right, today we're going to get into the house I grew up in. Um, I know I've hinted at it in past episodes before, but we definitely grew up in a haunted house. Um, Rachel, my co-host today, is my older sister, and she has some stories to tell herself. Um, so without further ado, let's talk about it. So I'll start first. Um, we moved there in like 93. Um, it was the four of us. We shared bedrooms for a while. Um, I always slept in my sister's rooms because I was so scared of my room. Do you remember that? Yes. You were always coming to my bedroom every night and you'd start to tell me the stuff and I'd be like, stop, because <laughs> I would have finished sleeping. And I believed you, so I would rather you, I would always prefer you to tell me exactly what happened like in the morning after I made sure we weren't in any danger. All right. Um, I do remember going in your room at night and one time I woke up in there after sleepwalking and I was just standing in your room staring at you and I woke up whenever you said, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you like to do that a lot, which made the experiences even creepier when you wake up and see a person standing there and you're trying to figure out very quickly is this another shadow person or a real person yeah because you saw shadow people there too right yes all the time can you tell us about one of those times um normally i would see the shadow people like when there were arguments in the house when like the mood was heavy and things were not going very well they just kind of lurked around and it's one of those things that you think you see it, but you don't want to say anything because if you acknowledge it, then it's real, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I know whenever I would see, like, you and dad have an argument or something, I would see something cross my room and go into your room, and it was transparent, and it was a shadow, and it was moving, and I would just turn over and go back to sleep because I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, and I would dream a lot more about the activity that happened mm -hmm. there. I don't know. I can't think of a, sh a specific shadow being in that house, but I do remember one of my most memorable yeah. encounters with a shadow person. We were spending the night at one of our aunt's houses, and we always slept on the floor on pallets, like on blankets. And I remember looking up and there was a shadow person in the doorway. Like they were just standing there watching. And I described them to our aunt as a burglar. And so she had my uncle who had been up since before the sun came up, like looked all around outside, looked everywhere. And he's like, I've been up. So as you know, a trailer is not that big and if there is a tall burglar looking person walking around we would know right 
So they really dismissed it, and I dismissed it as my imagination and just left it at that. That was my most memorable, and I would say my first encounter, my first real encounter with a full human-shaped shadow person. Right. When I was younger than that, I would see body parts of shadows, like hands and feet and heads, but not the whole body. Right. Which, that would have been terrifying on its own. It was. (laughs) It was. Um... Let's see, I try to think back to my earliest uh, thoughts about shadow people. And I just remember sleeping in my other sister's room on the top bunk and seeing a transparent shadow person go from her closet. And this is in the dark, of course, in the middle of the night. It goes from her closet to the dresser and is looking for stuff on the dresser. And then it turns around and it looks at me. I guess it knew I was awake, but I pretend to be asleep. And it comes towards me and then turns around and goes back into the closet. (laughs) And needless to say, I slept in my sister's room for a while after that one. Yeah, I remember one time you all screaming like bloody murder. And I was in the farthest bedroom and I was like hoping dad and then would come check on you guys. So um, when they finally did and we went in there and we were talking to you all, you had seen something at the end of the bed and it touched your feet. And then you like grab and you like screamed and then grabbed Thanks. our sister yeah one of our sister's feet and she started screaming which woke the other one up and you were all screaming very loudly <laughs> yeah um i know mom one time sat me down i was probably in sixth grade and she asked me about because i had always told them about uh things i saw and just different things like that and you know, they would always tell me, oh, you're having an overactive imagination, you know, and this particular time, um, my mom sat me down and was just like, I know I've mentioned it in other episodes, but she was like, so you're telling me you see shadows darting from room to room and you tell me that you see shadow people. And I was like, yeah why am I in trouble for it? Like, um, and she actually admitted that, yeah, she sees those things too. And then she proceeded to tell me a story about when her husband, my dad and her were fighting. Um, she saw a shadow person move right behind him. And then he said like one of the most vile things he could have said at the time. So I do think it fed off of our collective emotions and just the unrest that was there. For sure. And I think that's what those type of things do. That's where they get their energy. I definitely think that's right. Like, um, I mean, people that go around and expel these spirits from places, I mean, they 
say these things feed off of depression, unrest, anger. It's all those lower vibrational things, which kind of coincide with those being low, lower vibrational entities. Um, but I do think that, you know, this was more the house than us, but I think it was like a perfect storm of like anger, emotion, all that stuff and something already being in that house. What do you think? Absolutely. Because I always got a weird feeling from that house. I hated the attic. And remember all that old stuff we found that was just kind of creepy? Oh, yeah. Like German metals and all that kind of stuff up there. Yeah. And it's like, it just felt creepy. And it was also like, well, am I just being a kid who's scared to move into this house, you know? Mm -hmm. But over time, I think it was proven that it was not yeah, I our remember, imagination. I remember seeing uh, a bald guy standing in my closet while I was looking in my wardrobe mirror. Mm -hmm. And it really freaked me out because he was kind of coming out of the closet. And so I'm staring in the mirror watching this happen. And then I turn around and he's not there. And then I turn back to the mirror and he's gone. So just things like that would just happen all the time. Yeah. I remember one time I was in bed and I started sleeping with my door shut because I did not like looking across the hallway. At my room? At your room. That I was terrified of. <laughs> yes. So I started shutting the door. But I remember getting up one morning because I thought you guys had like rattled my door. So... I was, I woke up scared to death because something was violently shaking my door like it was trying to get in. And I was like, I didn't lock my door because, you know, we were not allowed to have locked doors. Right. That was a rule. And um, so it really scared me. And I was mad at you guys, like you and... Our like two why sisters. Would we, why would they do that in the middle of the night? Right. Like, you always come in here, just turn the knob kind of thing. Like, why would you just shake the door? And all of you said, like, we did not come in there. And that freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. I was going to ask you, did you ever have any sleep paralysis episodes while you were there? I'm sure I did. I remember more being like awake and then frozen in fear by whatever was around. I wouldn't be able to move. Yeah, that's kind of like sleep paralysis. Yeah, but it was not from waking up. It was just like frozen in fear. Yeah, yeah, like I was already awake. I get that. Like I had come home one time to visit and um, I was sleeping on the couch in the living room. And our back door had this distinct sound when it opened because you had to push it a little bit. And that is like an unmistakable sound. And I heard it. Right. And I think the dog like growled or something. And remember we had stray cats that were in the house and like came in yeah, that yeah. hole in the sink and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I heard them like go back under the house yeah and I was just waiting for whoever was coming in our house <laughs> to make it to me on the couch right. and I was frozen in fear I literally 
felt like covered under a ton of blankets and like I had no voice. I could not speak right at all. And that was even more terrifying that I could not because I was close enough to mom and dad's bedroom. I could have yelled out for dad. Yeah. And he would have heard me immediately, but I couldn't find my voice. And as you know, um, I always slept in the living room closest to our parents' bedroom because I was scared of my room. Um, and one night I was sleeping on the couch and I had this dream that I was letting the dog out the back door. Um, same one you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it lightninged and there was a person standing over in the corner of our yard. And then it lightninged and it was nothing. And then it lightninged again and it, he was closer and then closer. And then he was in front of me screaming at the window. But then it turned into an Asian little boy screaming at the window. Terrified me out of my skin. I woke up. <laughs> I was up for a while after that one. But of course, that was just a dream. But it has stuck with me all of these years. Yeah, I remember dreaming about the fog man that every time you would look, it would be a little bit closer. So when you would like this, you described it to me, I'm like, no. And <laughs> I don't even think I told you then that I had dreamed about him too. But it was a little bit different for me. But it was always like, end up being like a face right in the window. Right. But I've always had faces in windows. Yeah. Like, like Even in your waking time or just asleep? In my waking time. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we lived in Georgia mm -hmm. um, in the trailer, um, I remember telling um, mom that the house was haunted. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, this is a brand new trailer. But I would always see this thing in the window. Yeah. I remember uh, some stories I have from the trailer um, are needing to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I had to leave my sister's room and immediately I'm facing a spare bedroom, which nobody ever slept in. It was the creepy room and turn and there's my parents' room and then turn again. And there's the hallway that leads into the dark kitchen and the bathroom. So one night I get up to go to the bathroom and I'm like four or five years old. But I still remember there being a person in the bed staring at me whenever I left the room to go to the bathroom. <laughs> there was a person in the bed staring at me. Mm. And he looked up and I went back and I'm pretty sure I went back and peed the bed. Because <laughs> I was not about to deal with that. Right. But that room was just creepy in the trailer. It was. I remember I would dream about... Um, people coming out of the walls and just like partying in that room, like just milling around, like it was full of people. And I remember you talking about people coming out of the walls, and I was like, Oh, I that's the people I'm dreaming about, like, right? Like, I right. would say it, and you would dream about it, mm -hmm. or would have already dreamed about it, yes, which is freaky. <laughs> <laughs> but I swear, we didn't do this to the house we grew up in. <laughs> It was already there, and we were a perfect storm. I still believe that. Yeah, and we were grew up in the swamps down in the south, so there's always a lot of activity. Yeah. 
down in those areas. Right. Um, we, we refer to these stories as Hill Street stories because that's where the house was that we grew up in. And so anytime we want to talk about something paranormal or, you know, kind of spooky that we haven't really mentioned recently, we'd be like, do you want to talk about Hill Street? <laughs> or that reminds me of Hill Street. That yeah. feeling reminds me of Hill Street. Yeah. And I remember we had to be careful talking about it in Hill Street. Yeah. Because stuff would start happening and we would have to leave. Like, we would be out the door. It would feel so uncomfortable. And Like, like I would remember when you would come to visit and me and you would stay up talking about stuff and it would eventually lead to paranormal stuff because we both grew up with lots of paranormal stuff happening there. And it would just get heavy in the room. Yeah. Like, it was there watching us. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the dog would freak out and, like, corner things in the corner. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. He would growl and claw at that wall. And I know, oh, yes. I know there were mice, but he would go crazy at the wall sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it was just at the corner. At the closet, at the hallway. Just randomly, he would arch his back and just go to town, warning whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I remember one time you came in my room because you were like, um, a bad person had shattered the glass in your room. And I swear it was like an auditory hallucination. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, first, let's just see if the glass is broken. And neither one of us wanted to look. We argued about who was going to look. And I was like, it's your room. I can go back to sleep. Right, right. <laughs> so my dad, being the person he is, he uh, told me my window was shatterproof after that. So he told me nobody could get in through my window. So I would sleep in there. Yeah, that's kind of smart, though. It is. It's a good parenting tactic. But later, we had some people selling uh, fire alarms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what about my window? It's shatterproof. And they started laughing. And they were like, uh, no, it's not. But <laughs> I think your fire mat. <laughs> yeah, but I think we told you the bat would, like, do something. Right. And you took that as an acceptable substitute. Yeah, I slept with that bat pretty close at hand. But you know what, that room, after we had all pretty much moved out, like, and nobody was staying in that room, it was the coldest room, and it was, oh, I hated going in there, like, hated it. Oh, I always felt watched whenever I would go to my room, like, and sleeping in there, oh my gosh, there's so many times I was touched, like, on my back, I woke up with scratches, bruises. I would tell mom and dad about it, and they wouldn't know what to do with it, so they would tell me it's my imagination, stuff like that. Your scratches freaked me out, because then I thought it was a demon. Yeah, because they were in groups of three, and you know how people say those scratches show up like some kind of devil's mark or something. I yeah. did not like that at all. No, that freaked me out even more. One time I came home from church really like, you know what, God's got me. I got this. So I go in my room and I announce to the room that it's not going to scare me anymore. And I'm going to sleep in my room because it's my room and God has me. And as soon as I shut off the light and lay down, 
a puff of air blew in my ear. No. Yeah. And I started to hear growling, which could have been just my imagination. But I grabbed my pillow and my blanket and I went back to my solace, which was the couch. I slept on the couch a lot too. Like I spent a lot of time in the living room. I felt safer there. I did too. And my room stayed super cold all the time. Like all the time. And it was like uncomfortable cold. Yeah. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in the living room. (laughs) It was right by my parents' bedroom. So it was like the ideal location. Cause I don't know. I thought they were going to save me from something paranormal. Yeah, it was also a lot, like, that's why I ignored a lot of stuff, because it's like, what is anyone going to do for me? What can they do? Right. I know one time I was sleeping in that room, and I just had the, like, most demonic dream I could think of at the time. I was, like, in sixth grade, and I swear to you, I thought this was a demon attack until I heard about sleep paralysis. Mm Mm-hmm. It's when you wake up suddenly from your dreams and you're still in REM sleep, so your body's paralyzed, so you don't run into a wall or whatever while you're sleeping. And so you're still paralyzed, but it feels like you can't breathe. It felt, and I saw this dark shadow on top of me, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, oh no, this is a demonic attack. And so, like, I tried to work up the words to say, like, what I heard missionaries say, like, Lord Jesus, save me, you Mm -hmm. know? And I couldn't even mutter the words for a while. And Mm -hmm. then whenever I was starting to come out of sleep paralysis, I was able to be like, Jesus. (laughs) And then it kind of went away and I was able to move, Mm -hmm. you know, but I fully believe that was a demonic attack until I heard about sleep paralysis. Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing stories Mm -hmm. about, um, like, older Christian couples like in the church being attacked by a demonic presence. And it sounds exactly like sleep paralysis. So that's a logical jump when you grow up the way that we do that everything's a demon. (laughs) Right. Um, Like I said before, we grew up very religious. So everything was a demon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Movies have a spirit. Houses have a spirit. Items have a spirit. Everything has a, a spirit. And if it's not a good one, it's a demon, you know? Yeah. Now, I do believe everything has a spirit. Yeah. But it's not all. Can't all be lumped into one group. Right. Um, let's take a short break and get right back into it after this. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, we're back. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We're just looking at each other. (laughs) Yep. We are not professional. (laughs) This is just a podcast. (laughs) 
one thing I did want to mention is the crying lady mm-hmm. that I saw in the bathroom. So I was in the bathroom and, you know, purity culture and all that. There was a woman in our bathroom when my pants were down. <laughs> <laughs> How dare she? <laughs> right. But it was an apparition of a woman crying and she looked confused that I was there, but I'm looking at her confused because I was going to the bathroom <laughs> and I covered myself for modesty's sake, but just like, how did this woman get here and why is she crying? And then I realized it was an apparition because of course there is no woman <laughs> there. She disappeared. And I was like, what did I just see? So I went outside and waited for all the family to get home. <laughs> you text me. Yeah. Yeah. We talked on the phone, I think. Um, I think I was in California. Yeah. I was not around. Right. But I remember you saying, like, I'm calling you because, or texting you because I know you're not going to think I'm crazy. I'm like, nope, it's okay. I think. A dimension there was a time loop rip yeah <laughs> that's my wild theory on that yeah i was just like add that to the many 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 <laughs> things that have happened in this house right so i want to say the trailer was pretty creepy as well yeah it was but it seemed like everywhere we went <laughs> when we lived down there was had some kind of haunting history yeah we're a little bit sensitive yeah and then it was really popular for the older people to tell us these ghost stories and things but in the trailer i remember um i would see like hands Mm -hmm. sometimes they were shadows sometimes they were glowing yeah like yeah, in the closet, and it, I would yell for dad. And it used to scare me half to death. Like, I could look from my bed and see mom and dad's bed, right? I could yeah. see the foot of their bed. Right. But crossing in front of that junk room was, like, right. the scariest thing in my life to do. Yeah, I remember mom put me in that junk room, and I'm, like, four. And she's like, go, hurry up. And I was like, why are you saying hurry? <laughs> like what do you know that I don't <laughs> but she made me take a nap in there and I was like fighting it the whole time like I was like no this room is creepy <laughs> so I was about 11 and I thought I was going to be a big girl and go sleep by myself not with all my siblings in one room and so I helped clean up the room and make it all nice and make it into my bedroom. That lasted like a couple days and I could not take it at all. Yeah. What was the worst part? Um, I think the worst was when I went to walk in, I saw some random apparition reading the newspaper on my bed. Oh my gosh. I was like, Oh, nope. I'm out. <laughs> and then just the noises and, people in the window when Mm -hmm. I would be trying to sleep yeah I'm like nope I'm out (laughs) I cannot I always pictured stuff in that closet yes that was like the worst closet yeah (laughs) I don't know I just know that 
in my short time alive, Deanne and my other sisters, like, well, I guess Paige wasn't born yet or wasn't old enough. She was like two when we lived Yeah, when we it was either you or Deanne that told me that that was the ghost room, that oh. there was a ghost in that room. I mean, I don't think I would be that mean. Mom and dad and you and like just what I would see whenever I would see stuff and being told to hush. <laughs> Stop talking about that. <laughs> right? I remember um, astral projecting. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time, but I remember telling mom that I watched myself sit in the living room and read a book in the middle of the night. And she's like, no, I would have heard you and seen you get yeah. up because in the trailer we had this big wooden sliding door that separated like the kitchen and living room from like the bedroom bathroom area yeah and it was loud when you like opened it it like clanged and right. all that and mom was a light sleeper and she was like i would have known and i very vividly remember looking at myself in the living room like reading it was crazy yeah however that works I would believe it. I mean, I had a ton of nightmares whenever I was little. Like, it didn't matter if it was Hill Street or the trailer. Um, I know at the trailer, one of my wildest, like, scary dreams was, like, this being with fake-looking eyes coming in and wearing a suit, and he chased all of our family and we were hiding behind the couch where I liked to hide back then. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to brush our teeth with acid. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, not the acid that you trip on, but the acid that, like, melts you away. Right. So that's apparently was a concern whenever I was this young. <laughs> wow. But right? you know what? I remember having a lot of dreams there of, like, survival and being chased. Um, some of that I attributed to, like, the trauma of going through a tornado yeah living in a tornado prone area in a trailer next to a swamp you know there's a little bit of right. fear built into some of those dreams i get that but yeah. i do remember lots of dreams there about survival and running and i also had premonition like dreams there yeah I did, but... You would see the future? Kind of, but I always had the characters wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was always wrong. That's acceptable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it was, um, like, I dreamt about um, one of our uncles getting shot, except I was the shooter, and it was a different uncle. Oh, wow. And it that w was not what happened. It was, like I said, one of our uncles did get shot, but it was by his wife. Right. It was not me. <laughs> I mean, I could still consider that a premonition dream, mm -hmm. having the characters wrong. Yeah, and then I dreamt about um, our mom being hit by a semi-truck, and it was not that. It was one of our cousin's mom got hit by a semi-truck and passed away. Oh, wow. And those yeah. were in the trailer? Mm-hmm. I just remember being scared of the front door. Really? Yeah, I would have dreams where there were things that would stand at the front door and then suck me into their presence, and I couldn't get away. Wow. Did you ever dream about aliens? 
I don't think so. There, I did a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one time me and my sister Deanne were watching a a scary movie because we were on like a horror movie kick, and this was at Hill Street. And all of a sudden, like we're watching this movie, and nothing really scary had happened yet. But ever since we put the movie in, we got lumps in our throat. And both thought that each of us were experienced this on our own. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like, we're like, why do I feel guilty? Why is my mm-hmm. throat feel like that? So we continue watching and we just get this feeling of dread. And both of us are feeling it. Mm. And then about 15, 20 minutes go by. It's still the intro of the movie. You know, and it's one of those that doesn't get right to the point right away, but it was just dark symbolism and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, my sister Deanne, because she's the braver of the two of us, <laughs> she's like, do you have a bad feeling? Because I do. And I said, yeah, we need to get that movie out of the house. <laughs> so we not only took the movie out and didn't watch the rest, we put it on the front steps <laughs> So it would be outside of our home. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember um, when I first moved to Japan, Mm -hmm. um, we went on this cultural tour. When you first get there, it's kind of like your welcome orientation. Right. And we went to this temple and they were just explaining um, all this rituals and stuff like that as we're taking this tour. And I remember I went in the room that it was like lined with these boxes mm-hmm. it looked kind of like um p.o boxes actually i mean that's how big the slots were right um but it was very it was decorated it was beautiful um but it was their room of the dead mm-hmm. and i felt like something maybe was really interested in me or whatever when i was in there and paying any attention to it. But um, when I got home, like that night when I went to sleep, and for a while after, I was having these really nightmare, like demonic, like nightmares, like this creature. And I would um, wake up in the middle of the night, like cold sweat, like I could like feel it in the corner of my room and I could like see it in my mind's eye. Oh, it was so creepy. It was like gray humanoid, like, oh, yeah, so weird. Um, I can't say that I know for sure that it came like the temple was beautiful and peaceful. So I'm not saying it's like a temple spirit or Mm -hmm. maybe I was disrespectful in some way, you know, and maybe that was some kind of punishment because it went away on its own. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, I don't you know. You served your time. I guess so. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know for sure. You know, I right. didn't know enough about um, Japanese folklore, right? you know, to say. But it did go away after um, a while. Was it just like a presence or was it just dreams? It was mainly dreams, but I did feel um, creepy. Um 
at nighttime, especially. Like, yeah. Yeah. I tried to not be there as much as possible. Right. And then it was mainly like I could handle that part. It was the dreams that made it so like hard, you know? Another story from Hill Street. Um, I know uh, my mom always knew I was a scary cat. <laughs> but she, to punish me one time, it was probably because I wouldn't go in my room or something like that. But she made me go in my room, shut the door, and she told me that I would get a spanking if I turned on the light. So... I told her I did not want to be in there in the dark in that room. And she made me shut the door and I put my face down by the crack of the door to soak in the hallway light. <laughs> I just kept my face turned towards that light while my dark room behind me, stuff is moving, stuff is making noise, all kinds of stuff was happening behind me. But I refused to look at it or to turn away from that light that was in the hallway. Yeah. I told my mom that story a couple years ago, and she was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that looking back, you're like, oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Yeah. So I know a couple of other places that we've lived, we've had experiences here and there, right? Yes. I know somewhere else I lived, uh, there was what I would call a mimic, mm -hmm. which is an entity that sounds like a relative or someone you trust. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, for me, it's always my mom mm -hmm. calling and my mom's not even there or She's not even close by or anything, mm -hmm. but I'll hear my mom call my name mm -hmm. and then tell me to come here. Yeah. Or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll hear my mom say something to me mm -hmm. from the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, was that my mom? And so I'll get up and I'll check and like mom's either asleep or not even there. Mm-hmm. I had that happen um, this past Christmas when we stayed at the cabin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, it was so active there. The cabin did feel very active. Like I could not, I did not get more than two hours sleep the entire time we were there. But it was like a happy active. Like it was like the things in the house enjoyed having people and celebrations. But the last night we were there... Um, I kept hearing my name being called and I could have swore it was my dad and I heard my name like three times and I got up irritated because I was like I have to drive and I've gotten no sleep the last four days I'm exhausted like I need sleep right. so I'm like jump off the couch because the couches were uncomfortable too on top yeah. of everything else and um turn the corner to where the voice was coming from fully expecting to see my dad there like whispering to me to tell me something right because I thought I had heard him get up and go to the bathroom right too. so it like all made sense in my mind mm -hmm. and um shows I was not in a very deep sleep 
<laughs> but I turned the corner and he wasn't there. He was like, right. There are no lights or nothing on. I was so, like the only one up. <laughs> I used to think these were just like spirits impersonating a loved one or a family member or someone you trusted. But then I actually heard somebody give it a name. They called it a mimic. Oh, okay. As like its own separate entity. Okay. Are they good, bad, indifferent? Does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope they're good. <laughs> yeah. I've never gotten a bad feeling off of it. And I've even told my therapist about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny because like I'm telling her like, I'm hearing voices. <laughs> yeah. But the way I described it, she said it's very common for people to report that they hear stuff um, outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not schizophrenia. It has to. You have to check a lot more boxes than just hearing a mm-hmm. loved one say something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I told my mom that I'm gonna talk to her whenever she's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and she told me if I, she if I hear her voice when she's gone, it is not her. <laughs> She has made it very clear that if we contact her whenever she is gone, it's not going to be her. Yeah, she does not want anything to do with this place when she's gone. (laughs) She's like, leave me alone. Right. Let's see. Um, Other than the mimics, I know another place I lived, there was, like, I was walking. I was by myself, and I was walking back to my room. And I heard something fall from the kitchen mm-hmm. and I'm by myself. It's late at night. I'm just like, Oh great. What is it now? And I go and it's like this Tupperware container that was set flat on the back of the refrigerator. That's where it normally was. Mm-hmm. It was now across the way in front of the sink. Wow. And I was just like, Oh, that had to be thrown right that (laughs) yeah that's the only way that could have gotten there yeah it totally freaked me out for a second i was like you know what i'm just gonna go to my room (laughs) because my room felt safe which is the exact opposite of how it felt growing up (laughs) well yeah but since you're older you can kind of set the boundaries of what spirits are allowed in my field yeah yeah. And also having a b- better understanding of what's going on around you and right. being able to like research and identify and explore yeah. the possibilities. And it's not all lumped into it's demonic. Right. That's been the biggest thing about my growth in this process has been everything doesn't have to be demonic just because you can't explain it. Yes. That's taken so much fear out of this. And as you know, because you grew up with me, I grew up with fear. Yeah. A lot of it. <laughs> but, I mean, knowing what you grew up experiencing, I would say it's justified fear. Right. <laughs> so. Like, I know I talked to a, a missionary one time. Um, my mom wanted me to talk to him about the dreams I was having and kind of the things I was seeing in the house. Mm-hmm. But I was so afraid of him telling me that I had a demon (laughs) that I totally lied to him. (laughs) He would say, now are these things trying to get you? And I'm like, no, sir. Mm -mm. Not these things. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me why you're scared all the time. 
I don't know. It just happens. Like, I was very... I did not want him to tell me I had a demon. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one thing we should learn about you is do not tell you about the test before the test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have way too much time to prepare. Right. I will manipulate that test. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you went and I was like, what? Why, Bubba? Why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you tell him the truth? Right. And then I was like, if you had a demon, he's the one to get rid of it. He would have been the perfect <laughs> one to get rid of it, too. And I don't think he would have drawn it out and been like, you have a demon. <laughs> he would have just taken care of it. But I was so afraid that that's the conclusion he was going to come to. So you'd rather just live with the demon? Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> right. I think I suppressed a lot. Like, I just shocked a lot of stuff up to my imagination and then why did too i like yeah i just ignored a lot right a lot except and i guess that's why things got in my face like yeah. at hill street and stuff because i would ignore a lot right so i know at hill street like i would always have times whenever like I would go and wake up in random places in the house um wake up in the living room wake up in my parents room standing over their bed <laughs> I attribute that to sleepwalking mostly but that is still so freaky to like wake up standing over your parents <laughs> and like how did I get here yeah I had a couple episodes like that um at the trailer yeah where I would just wake up and be standing in the that is room, so terrifying, or in the right? middle of the room, or I'd have different clothes on than when I went to bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is so terrifying because as a child, you're probably like, how did I get here? Absolutely. Did the, did the demons move me here? Did the ghosts move me here? All this kind of stuff. I blamed it on sleepwalking a lot, which is probably what our parents called it. <laughs> yeah. I know when I was younger, I don't deal with this now in my adult life, but whenever I was younger, I think I had a form of OCD connected to the paranormal because I would have to turn off and on my light so many times or they would get me. Mm. And I don't know what the they was, but I assumed it was demons. Right. So like I would have to flush the toilet and turn around one time and then flush the toilet again or wash my hands a certain amount of times mm -hmm. which sounds a lot like ocd yeah but i didn't carry that into my adult or teenage life yeah but it also feels like um like your way of trying to protect yourself you know obviously right. but like almost like you're warding your, you know like even at that young age you were doing like rituals and things to like right bolster your protection yeah. right <laughs> exactly i know um i mean i grew up in the house at hill street so like i went through my first like depression there and that stuff just feeds on that kind of energy mm -hmm. and i know it would just you know the voices that i would hear again i'm not schizophrenic <laughs> i've checked <Right. laughs> But the voices that I would hear would just say the awfulest things to me. And just like, I remember one time I thought 
because I was getting more and more spiritual, I thought that I had done away with the mean talking stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking back to my room to put my stuff away and there just being a voice that goes, I'm back. And I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) The voices are back. Right. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, people with schizophrenia, like, um, it's not, I don't think the stigma that we've been taught, you know, like, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around that. And I think that and other, um, mentally, um, divergent Mm -hmm. people, we will say, um, they don't have a block, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes there's not a filter for the entity. Like yeah. we're surrounded by entities, like surrounded. Right. And we are constantly creating, whether consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so that puts a lot of good in lower vibrational things out there. Right. Yeah. And I think some people say have gifts or the mentally divergent people, like they sometimes their their gateway to those um contact with those voices with those entities and the things on the other side of the veil is broken or not necessarily broken because we're not broken but Mm -hmm. um thinner right and less manageable right than others yeah i definitely can believe on the lines of that too just like People say that it's purely scientific, that sleep paralysis is what it is. Mm -hmm. But why can't it be both? Like, why can't it be you waking up out of REM sleep paralyzed, but also the stuff that you're seeing is just seeing through the veil? Yeah, I think it is, because I think um, when we dream, we go back to that world. Yeah. And, yeah. But I, I know, like... I lived in a house in Japan that was very close to a crematorium mm-hmm. and I had all kind of freaky stuff happen there. Um, but when I would remember that there were times when I was like on the, and I would do this on purpose sometimes when I was on the verge of like sleep and awake, like this was back in the day when we just talked on the phone and you like somebody and you like talk for hours and like yeah, I would talk yeah. to I was so tired that I was just saying random stuff you right. know but in those moments I like in between or even when I'm waking up like the sleep paralysis time I would hear mm-hmm. so clearly voices and there were tons of them like a yeah. radio right and I would do it on purpose just to hear them really <laughs> yeah Oh my goodness. I mean, I kind of get that because whenever I go through a period where I don't hear my radio, Mm -hmm. which my radio is something that I developed whenever, like I was a kid, but it really came prominent whenever I lived by myself. Mm -hmm. It's just whenever I hear random people talking about random things halfway through a conversation, Mm -hmm. but it's in my head. I know it's in my head, but it'll be something random. Like I was 15 when I pushed him off the dock. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is the rest of this story? Right? <laughs> that would be annoying. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it was like I was hearing normally the thing information I get is in my head, mm-hmm. right? But 
in those times it was outside. I was hearing it outside of my head. And so I was trying to tune into it. It was like I right. could not tune into like the, I could hear it, but right. I couldn't, I wasn't on the right station. Yeah, yeah, I was not quite yet. And I wanted to get on that right frequency, but I didn't like it when it happened um, when I woke up. I didn't mind it when it was like I'm falling asleep because I mm-hmm. kind of understand what's happening. But when I would wake up and it would be so loud yeah. with voice, and I'm like, "Where am I?" Oh, and then you can't move. Yeah. And my therapist told me that like she would always preface it with like whether it's a spiritual gift or it's your brain being too active, that's for you to decide in this moment. But like, it's very very common to when you're in bed when you're falling asleep or when you're waking up to hear auditory hallucinations mm-hmm. you know so whether it was spirits or it was an auditory hallucination either way i think it's cool yeah because you're hearing something you shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> but i loved that she was so kind mm-hmm. in that explanation whenever she was telling me about that yeah yeah for sure that's cool. Yeah. I know, like, not to go all the way back to Hill Street, but Hill Street, it kind of developed, like, who we became and everything. So Hill Street's probably some of our most, like, haunting stuff. So wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I'm smirking right now because most of us want to just burn it down. No offense to the people that live there now. <laughs> right. But I would like the match if they let me. <laughs> um, whenever I was there, I know I would pick up emotions that weren't mine. Because I'm a yeah. usually pretty docile, I would say. Like, funny, creative. Like, I'm pretty chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would just get hit in the face with... And my little sister Paige can attest to this. She's two years younger. And she can attest to all of a sudden my mood would just change Mm -hmm. and I would be angry to the point I would almost hit her. Wow. Yeah. And then she would be like, what is going on? Because Mm -hmm. we would just have been talking about normal stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. And we would pray because it (laughs) would scare us. And then, you know, the feeling would dissipate and I'd be back to myself. Mm Mm-hmm everything and like at first i thought it was like you know what is it called whenever you have mood swings or whatever is that bipolar i think so like a mood disorder apologies if you have this and i'm butchering the definition Mm -hmm. but these things would happen all the time Mm -hmm. you know go from like perfectly content and happy to crying to angry to just different emotions that I knew were not mine. Mm-hmm. And I think that really scared me as a teenager mm-hmm. because I was like, in that anger, I would be like, is this who I'm becoming? Is yeah. this who I am? Mm-hmm. No, I don't want any part of this. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And we would like go to youth group and like talk to our youth pastor about it mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> it sounded like just like hormonal things happening. Right. But at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but this is not my emotion. Yeah. This is not mine. 
I think um, something that's missing in, I I will say most Christian churches outside of um, certain like Catholics and stuff is an acknowledgement of these entities and a correct identification of these entities and what to do about them. Right. Because like the way we grew up, we believed they exist, but we also believed we shouldn't mess with them. Or study or learn or identify. Right. Because God would protect us ultimately from all we needed to know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of like, I always would think like after Ghostbusters, because I'm old, came out, um, I'd be like, oh, I, who are like the Ghostbusters? Like, who do you call? I was like, I hope Catholics take us because they're the only people we got. Right. <laughs> We're going to have to go to them. <laughs> so. And I think they would take us on. Yeah. Let's see where we're at. I have one more story to tell about another place that I lived. Okay. But it's not going to be the full story because I, you know, need to protect some of the innocent in this story. (laughs) But I know one place I lived, I did see a dark figure. And it was in the middle of the night, and I woke everybody in the house up. (laughs) Woke them all up. And my poor parents, I was still living with them at the time, and they were so kind Mm -hmm. and understanding about it. Mm -hmm. But I woke them up crying because I saw this dark figure standing in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And... I basically was like, call the Christians. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, what did you see? And I was like, it was a dark form, blah, blah, blah. And my mom, bless her heart, she was like, now, I'm not being mean, but have you broken with reality? (laughs) And it was so kind, but it was still like so annoying (laughs) that... You know, I had to ask myself the same thing because I had seen that. (laughs) But, I mean, I went around for, like, hours after that yelling at nothing, going, (laughs) I know you're here now. I'm aware. (laughs) And you're not welcome here. (laughs) And this was in my adult life, so I think it's hilarious looking back at it. But, like, at the time, I was terrified. (laughs) Right. This reminds me of shooting away the raccoon though (laughs) like i know you're here yeah we had a raccoon show up on our porch one day yeah one night yeah one night and it was when you opened the door to take the dog out yeah and what did i do i think i thought i was gonna scare it by yelling at it and you got the yeah and you had the broom yeah i had the broom yeah i opened the door and i was like yeah it didn't flinch. <laughs> this raccoon was on the porch eating cat food. And then it like looked like it was going to come in the house. You ran back inside. Oh my gosh. It was way braver than I am. Didn't I video that? You took a picture of it. Oh. <laughs> I, I wish we had that on video. Yeah, that was a good one. Sorry. I did not mean to hijack that. No, but you're yeah, good. That's that was what the that end. reminded me of. That was the end of the story, pretty much. Um, any final thoughts before we end tonight's episode? No, it's been fun. 
Um, I'll try and think of some more stories mm-hmm. to add to your collection. Yes, to the I collection. love, I love, love, love uh, listener submitted stories or people I know sending me stories. So if you're listening and you believe or you've experienced anything, I'll keep you anonymous if you send it to me. I'll post it as myself as a submitted story. But if you are loud and proud and are like, this happened to me, tell me to use your name. <laughs> or you can post it yourself in the Facebook group. Um, the Facebook group is Paranormal Stories, in parentheses, is Spooky Shiz. And you join us there. It's where I post spooky memes year-round, especially around Halloween time. And then I'll post any scary stories or submitted stories in that group, too, for us to read. All right. I think that wraps up this episode. It's been fun. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Stay spooky, my friends. All right. So, Hill Street. Good old place I grew up. There was a lot of turmoil and emotions and abuse and paranormal stuff that happened at Hill Street. So it was truly the perfect storm for entities being able to feed off of that unrest and that turmoil. Um, definitely uh, picking me as one of its favorite targets because I was scared so easily. And I would have nothing to fall back on for protection. Feeling the Hill Street feeling at any other place that I've lived, I definitely know that there's a presence, you know, there whenever I feel a Hill Street feeling. Um, It's almost like anxiety, Um, but it's like, like I'm being watched, you know? So it's not a good feeling. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say it has tried to crop up here and there at different places that we've lived. Letting us know that things are there. For instance, the mimic definitely gave us, though it didn't give me scary vibes at first, it started to give me Hill Street vibes uh, whenever I would hear it. So with that being said, I would have to let it know that it was not welcome in my space, in my house, and then uh, proceed to get rid of it so that I could live in peace. Also, um definitely want to put a disclaimer out there this is my experience and my perspective um but yeah we didn't touch a lot of the stories uh from hill street because some of them should just stay with us (laughs) as our stories um but yeah this was a fun episode to make and just wanted to put a update and a disclaimer on there Uh, We were definitely not excited by the experiences that we shared with you. Um, But as an adult, I'm glad to leave that chapter 
of Hill Street behind. Stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>